Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, who loves us with a transforming love, from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and from the Spirit who unites us all. Amen. So I have lately taken to watching Star Trek The Next Generation before I go to bed because it relaxes me and, well, I'm a Trekkie, so I like it. Um, I love sci-fi for the ways that it pulls me into a different world. And so I find I sleep better if I watch um, Captain Picard and his crew before I go to bed. So last night, or a couple nights ago, I was watching an episode called Parallels, where Worf, who is the Klingon, for any of you who might have an inkling about what Star Trek The Next Generation is about, is coming back from a tournament on a shuttle and enters into a quantum flux, which is a time-bending kind of, sort of thing, to quote Doctor Who, it's kind of like timey-wimey, bendy kind of thing. He, of course, doesn't realize this right away. And as he returns to the Enterprise, he begins to notice things that are changing around him as time passes on, but nobody else notices. It's disconcerting and it's disorienting to him and eventually to the others as they realize his behavior has changed. Well, as I've talked to folks this past year, I feel like we've been in some sort of quantum flux. The other day I was talking with a friend about how quickly this year seems to have gone by and we were trying to figure out why so many of us were surprised that we are starting Advent already. I am sure, I'm convinced that it has something to do with living through the unpredictability of a pandemic and not noticing or having the usual markers around us that help us mark time as we make our way through a year. It has been, for me, a little disconcerting and a little disorienting. Advent, however, is a reorienting season of the church year, a time when we are reminded of what has been, what is to come, and what is right now. We often talk about Advent as a time of waiting, especially a waiting for the coming days, as we hear referenced in many of the prophets. Or more strangely, we talk about waiting for the Christ child to be born, as if we are going to reenact this marvelous event, as we hear the rich stories of Scripture proclaim the coming of a Messiah. And this year, more than any year, I think, I'm tempted to consider the coming days, to consider what the world could or should be, to place all of my hope in future days and find myself homesick for a world that doesn't and probably will never exist until Jesus comes again. You see, I want a Luke 2 world the warm, comforting, beautiful, hope-filled world that Luke starts his gospel with. But that's not where we start this Advent season, nor any Advent season for that matter. Instead, we start Advent with Jesus snatching us out of our desire for another world, as one commentator put it. It's not what we expect as we make our way toward Christmas. 
And yet I would argue it is exactly what we need in the world that we find ourselves now. So Luke 21 is part of a larger two-chapter section of teaching by Jesus that talks about the calamity that's about to come, the readiness of the disciples, and the redemption that they will receive. And our reading for today has two parts. The heavenly signs and the earthly trauma that happened before the coming of the Son of Man and how these signs are to be understood in relation to God's redemption. And these close out this two-chapter section. But friends, so often we look at these verses or verses like them, and we try to figure it all out. We try to figure out when those signs were. We assign them to different periods of time or to things that are happening in our own world. Are people fainting from fear? Well, sure, maybe over there. Are the oceans roaring? Well, of course, with all the natural disasters. And we look around and we think, oh my goodness, am I ready? Because the end times are now. What else do I need to do? Or we say to people, hey, you better shape up, oh you people, or you'll be in trouble. And of course, this is a natural reaction. to the words that we hear, that nations are confused and people are fainting from fear and powers of the heavens are shaking. They're scary words, and they feel so real some days. But those are not the questions that we ought to be asking. That is not the purpose of this particular text. What we forget when we read these things and then we take on a posture of fear is that we have a God who has been working in our world since the very beginning of time and has proved their trustworthiness and in keeping their promises. We forget that Jesus reminds us in this text and in others that in every generation, in every point of time, wickedness, evil, power struggles, natural disasters, they're all going to happen. So what do we do? What do we as followers of Jesus and as believers in God's trustworthiness do when these signs come to us, when we recognize them just like everybody else around us? Stand up and raise your heads, Jesus says. And such a posture is not one of fear, but of confidence. Stand up and raise your heads. See that your redemption is drawing near. Friends, we know, because we are Bible people, that God's kingdom is already here. So why would we have a posture of fear when we know that God is here in and among us working to bring about God's mission in the world. Stand up. Raise your heads. See where God is at work. See the hope and joy that comes when the people of God are faithful. Stand up. Raise your heads. Trust God. Keep working. Keep faith alive. Stand up. Raise your heads and be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down. How many of you have felt weighed down in the past 20 months? All your hands should be up, because I know, right? I've talked to most of you. 
It's hard not to let our hearts be weighed down when things are the way they've been. And yet what happens when we remember who our God is is that we begin, little by little, to remember Jesus, to remember the promises we have received in our baptism, to remember that we are strengthened by the Holy Spirit every time we come to this table, to begin to remember that we are a people who stand up and raise our heads because we have the God that we have. Not in fear of what may come, but in trust in the hope that we have in God, the hope embodied in Jesus, the hope lived out by those who follow him. It's so easy to forget all that God has done in this world. We lament sometimes the absence of God and God's justice and peace when history shows it to us time and time again. We allow ourselves to become afraid and thus forget that we Dear ones, are God's justice and peace workers in this world, that we have been equipped to do that. We sometimes lift our heads, look around the world, and say, no, thank you, when we see the distress and confusion and fear and foreboding and the shaken heavens, and we just put our heads right back down. I'm not going to see it. If I don't see it, it's not real. If I don't see it, it's not real. But it is real. And God is responding because our God is faithful and our God is present even when we can't imagine it. On this first Sunday in Advent, we wait not in fear, but we wait in festive hope for the God who was, who is, and who is to come. Not to ignore the world's pain and suffering or our own, but to trust the one who created us, who died and rose for us, who will come again, enough so that we may stand up and do the work that we are called to do, to be Christ's disciples, to study, to pray, to worship, to walk with one another so that we can all serve God, love our neighbor, and see the redemption of God is indeed near to be the hope of this world that so many try to silence, to raise our voices louder than the voices of this world that tell us that we should live in fear. The way that um, the parallel episode ended is that Worf had to act, had to do something in order to put things in right order. The same is true for us, dear friends. Here in this Advent season, we are invited to stand and to act. We are invited to realize that we are closer to home than we often think. That what we are homesick for is within our power to change because of the one we follow. We may spend many of our days feeling somewhat disoriented and disconcerted as we make our way through a second year of a pandemic unsure of what will come next. But friends, I invite you to join me in allowing Advent to reorient us to the reality of God's love in this world, 
to allow Advent to strengthen our legs so that we can stand firm, to allow Advent to wipe the fear from our eyes so that we may see the world with hope as we raise up our heads, and to allow Advent to soften our hearts and let the one who was, who is, and who is to come to give us the peace and the strength we need each and every day. Amen.